Welcome to Lighthouse Chapel International, Columbus, Ohio. We invite you to discover the life-changing anointed Word of God as you listen to this message by Reverend Gilbert Asamoah. Reverend Gilbert Asamoah is a well-seasoned minister who serves as the General Overseer of the Raccoon Diocese in Lighthouse Chapel International, USA. Founded by Bishop Dag Heward Mills with over 1,800 branches worldwide. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. He says he loves God, but hated his brother. He's a liar. Because how can we say we love God whom we have not seen? but not love the neighbor that sits next to us. But if a father loves you, he doesn't only love you by saying only good things to you. And he doesn't only love you when you do the right thing, that's when he talks to you. But the word of God, even though we should receive it every day with the loving arms, is also the word that corrects, that rebuke, and that instructs. And as we ask our father to come up here, it is important we all prepare our hearts and stand up and receive our father, Reverend Gilbert Asamoa. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for today. Thank you for gathering us at your feet to hear your holy precious words. We are asking you, Lord, open our hearts. May we embrace these words as not the words of a man, but the very word of God. Open our eyes to spiritual reality. May we see things for what they really are. Deliver us from our delusions. May our eyes be open to what is going on in the realm of the spirit and connect to it prospering. Properly so that we can prosper. In the name of Jesus. Amen. We thank the Lord. Our scripture of the week is Psalms 107. And verse 8, it says, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Psalms 107, verse 8. Amen. So let's go. Psalms 107, verse 8. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Psalms 107 verse 8. Hallelujah. Why do you think the verse begins with the word O? They are not doing it. Hallelujah. So the person who is speaking is speaking from grief and speaking from um, lamentation, yes. Eunice, what was that? Disappointment, that's right. That I wish men would praise the Lord for his goodness. Because the goodness of the Lord is often taken for granted. Amen. Amen. Welcome back. Amen. We thank the Lord that he has brought you back safely. So, um, when we come and it's praise and worship time, you know, get into it. And 
your entire life ought to be a life of giving God thanks and praises. Because, you see, you get yourself, when you go to bed, you don't have control over yourself. If you had control over yourself, you would only have good dreams. Because, because you would go to a place where there is happiness. But sometimes in a dream, you see something is chasing you. If you had control over that, why, why are you in, in those places? When you go to bed, your body is resting, but your spirit man is alive and is roaming. Pray that it roams to a good place. And when you wake up, you see, I mean, I actually believe that every time you wake up, it's perhaps an angel of the Lord taps you. That's when you're able to come alive. Amen. Now, all these things can easily be taken for granted. So, your life, your life must be a symphony of joy and thanksgiving and praise. Hallelujah. And even when you are going through difficult times, there was a time that um, Paul and Silas, his ministry associates, Silas wasn't Paul's wife. Now, I hear one preacher was preaching one day, he said, Paul and his wife Silas, they were thrown into jail. Paul was not married. <laughs> so, <laughs> amen. So, they, one day Paul had a vision, right? He had a vision, and in the vision, a man from Macedonia, which is a region in Europe, said, come over to Macedonia and help us. So he had been preaching in Asia, but that was the, that was the spiritual invitation for Paul to come to preach the gospel in Europe. Hallelujah. So he went to Macedonia, and he preached in the regions. But one day, whilst he was preaching, he was arrested. Because I think, if I remember correctly, I think he cast out the evil spirit out of a woman who was who was um, giving, uh, what do you call it? The, a spirit of divination. She was, um, people used to come and they would, she would tell the future to them. And, and, and the owner, the, somebody owned this woman. She was using, she was being used to make money. So when Paul cast the spirit out, you know, all of a sudden the business is now closed. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and so these people incited the city people, and then they rose against Paul, and then he and Silas were thrown into jail. And back in those days, it's not like today's jails where they get to watch TV, they have a library. You can actually be in jail and get a degree. Did you know that? The jails in uh, Macedonia, days, it wasn't like that. Very terrible place. Amen. A jail where you could have a river in your room. Like there's a river flowing through the jail room that you are. Amen with little, little rodents floating around, little mouse snapping on your toes. It's not a, a nice experience. But the Bible says in, I believe, Acts chapter 16, it says that at midnight, say at, mid, at, midnight, at midnight, at midnight, it says that Paul and Silas rose up to praise the Lord in the midst of the jail. Now, if you are Paul, you are preaching in Antioch and other places, and you are minding your own business, and the, the Lord shows you in a vision to go to a place to preach. It's not that you went there to transact business like, what's his name, Jonah, who was asked to go and preach in Nineveh, and he went somewhere else, and he was thrown into the, 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 the sea, and, and uh, a whale uh, swallowed him. Is that not so? That one, is that not? It's a deserved uh, swallowing. Amen. <laughs> but here is someone who is willing to obey the Lord. And in obeying the Lord, he goes into difficulty, and he's thrown into jail. You see? The natural tendency is for you to be bitter. Is that not so? To be angry and to complain against God. 
See, that's what most believers have. We have been stuck in a state of bitterness, anger, and complaints against God. But let's learn from the Apostle Paul, and he realized this. He said, um, follow me as I follow Christ. He decided in the midst of his difficulty to praise God. And so whilst they were praising, and it wasn't a silent praise, you know, like humming to yourself. No, no, no. It was a loud, vibrant praise. To the extent that the Bible said the prisoners held them. Amen. And whilst they were praising, there was an earthquake. And the earthquake shook the place, so much so that the chains on the hands of the people were, 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 I mean, the prisoners were freed. And when the prisoners were freed, the jailer, the one in charge of guarding the place, he knew he was in trouble because if these people ran away, he would be in trouble. So he was about to commit suicide. He was about to kill himself. And Paul stood up and said, don't kill yourself. We are all here. Amen. Are you with me, somebody? And so, uh, when it was morning, I mean, at that point, the jailer actually came to receive Christ. He asked him, what must I do to be saved? See, this is what somebody praising God in the midst of difficulty can do. In the midst of difficulty, praising God caused the hand of God to move. Hallelujah. So having a heart of gratitude and praising God all the time, it's not only when, it's, it's not only uh, on the Friday, two weeks period when you receive your paycheck. That's when you are in a good mood. Amen. You shouldn't be in a good mood and be thankful to God only when you, uh, your tax return refund has come. You must be constantly appreciated, even for the fact that you are alive, that you are breathing. It's a miracle. One million miracles are going on in your body. Meaning to be able to move a hand like this, it takes a lot of things. Amen. But you see, we take this thing for granted. Do you know that um, the latest thing in technology is the AI, artificial intelligence? And they are trying to advance and develop it so much so that um, a machine can be programmed to behave almost like a human being. It's called artificial intelligence. Because you are an intelligent being. Is that not so? And they are trying to create something artificially. The other day I saw a commercial that one of these machines was, was uh, trying to open a door. Did you see that commercial? And, and uh, it, it, the machine has hands. Like they, they developed physical hands, like a human-looking hands. And, and the machine got to the door and struggled and struggled and struggled. And then once the door opened just a little bit, the machine used one, one limb to chalk the door. Do you get it? Do you understand the word chalk? <laughs> it's like you use the, I said, how did the machine, the machine, you know how it is like, it's, it's like if it allows it to go, it will close again. So it used one limb to, to chalk the door like that and then use the other hand to open it. I was amazed. How are they able to do that? Because they are modeling the machine after the way the human brain works. Do you get it? Because they've seen human beings do that. Are you there? If you are holding a lot of things, you don't have a free hand, and you are trying to open a door, you try to open it slightly. You have to chuck it with your leg so that you can now use your elbow to open. Now, a machine is being programmed to behave like a human. Hallelujah. But what I'm telling you is that no matter what you do, no matter what you do, you cannot replace a human being with a machine. That's why nowadays when you are filling a form online, they want to make sure it's not a robot which has been programmed to fail it. So they will say, put in these characters to show that it was a human being who can, because your password can be recorded and put in. Your user ID and password, but a machine doesn't have an, the mind to read that image and put it in. 
But I'm sure even that one, they are working on it. What I'm telling you is that human beings are a very complex creature. And human beings are trying to replicate a machine to do the same thing. And so you as a person, you are, you are, you are, very, you are a miraculous entity. The scripture says that when the jailer wanted to kill himself and Paul said, we are all here, he said, what must be, I be, be saved? Then he said, we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved, you and your house. Hallelujah. And in the morning, you know, they reported the thing to the authorities. And then the um, prison um, administrator said, okay, you guys, you may go in peace. And Paul said, no, we, we won't go in peace. We haven't done anything bad, you have thrown us in jail. <laughs> And you know, Paul was a Roman citizen. He began to exercise his citizenship rights. And the people were almost in trouble. Amen. Amen. Are you with me? So that's a comment on the scripture that we ought to have a heart of gratitude. And when you have a heart of gratitude, you walk in peace. Hallelujah. You see, one day, um, what's his name? David and his people, they were walking through the wilderness back in the days when Saul was after him. You get it. And as they were going through the wilderness, there was a man called, I believe his name was Shemai. And Shemai and his people, they started insulting David. You get it. He said, you bloody fool, using all kinds of words. And then David, this is a man who killed Goliath when the whole Israel were afraid. So, I mean, David, you don't play with David, though. The guy who was the anointed psalmist, he was a ruthless character. Don't play with David. I mean, one day when Saul said he wanted want to marry my... Um, my daughter, he said, go and bring me what? I think a hundred false kings, false kings of Philistine. David went and brought about 200 or 500. To get a, a Philistine false king, you have to kill the person and then circumcise the man and bring the false king. So he's a very ruthless, the guy who was singing, yes, Sister Cynthia, you'll be surprised. <laughs> you get it. That's why they, he wrote, he said, he said that uh, with, with the, with the, with the, um, a praise in your mouth and, an, and the armor in your hand. You get it. That is the type of person that David was. So whilst they were, this guy, he didn't know he, who he was dealing with to insult David. But you see, when you have strength, it, it's not always you have to use your strength. It's not always that you have to use your strength to show that you can beat somebody up. You get it. So the people around David, they said, this bloody fool, this guy who is insulting you, calling him bloody fool, allow me to kill him. He said, that, he said that I will strike once. I wouldn't even have to strike a second time. He will be off. David said, let him alone. He said, maybe the Lord has sent him to insult me. Maybe it is of the Lord so that it will keep me humble. This is the type of heart David had. Hallelujah. So you see, it's not all the time that you have to react. You have to have the, be able to be restrained. Hallelujah. And, 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 and that's why if you are a person with a grateful heart, even you can thank God for your enemies. Because sometimes, because somebody opposed you and became your enemy, it forced you, rather, to become a certain type of person. Do you get it? If somebody is laughing at you as you are nothing, that, that maybe is what drove you to do something big for yourself. So sometimes, even enemies are sent so that it will awaken you. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? A person with a... With, whose heart is after God, whose mind is moved by God, who is always grateful to God. Everything that happens, you thank God for it. Hallelujah. And you bring everything to the feet of God. That God is able to use even bad things to, to, to work in your favor. Amen. Hallelujah. 
All right, so I want to comment also about the 100 million souls campaign because um, it is very easy to forget about souls and it's very easy to, to forget about what the Christian life is about, that it is after the afterlife. What happens from here? Amen. You know, we know that last week, um, Billy Graham went home to be with the Lord. Is that not so? He was 99. And then uh, this morning, I saw a little news alert from, I think, Wall Street Journal. And the, and the caption says, will there be another Billy Graham? I mean, he's a rare person to stay on message and preach Christ without a scandal for, for, from, from the 1940s or so till now. Amen. And he's said to have said, made a statement, that one day you will hear that Billy Graham is dead. Don't believe a word of it. Because I will be more alive on that day than even now. Amen. Then he said, I will be in the presence of the Lord. You see, he had that faith. I don't know whether you have that faith that, that beyond this life, when you breathe your last, you are actually not discontinued from living. You are actually, actually, Bill Graham said, I would have changed my address. Amen. When somebody dies, they, they, they have only changed their address. Are you listening to me, somebody? It's kind of also very interesting that the, the day Bishop Dag launched the 100 million campaign, the next day is when Bill Graham died. Is that not a statement? Because he, why? Bill Graham represents soul winning. He represents emphasis on souls, on eternity, on looking beyond this life, looking beyond the attractions of this. This life is full of toys. Have you seen little children playing with toy cars? You see, compared to a big uh, normal car like the one that that, that could drive, <laughs> compared to that one, compare that one to a little toy car. That is how heaven and eternity compares to earth. Now, even even in an earth terms, when you fly in an airplane, right? When you fly in an airplane and you you are up there, all the houses are like what? Little toys. And so the perspective that you look at life from makes things look important to you or not. Now, this, all these things are nothing. Hallelujah. And so I want us to take soul winning very seriously because one day we are going to be asked this question. You may find yourself in a church who doesn't emphasize soul winning. And you are only responsible for what you are taught, what you are told. But if you are a member of this church and we are emphasizing soul winning, we want your heart to be in it. Amen. And as a believer, make that uh, understand that it's part of your responsibility. One, one uh, last house member, I think he had a dream. And in the dream, um, he had died and gone to heaven. And he said that before he got to the judgment hall, there were a bunch of angels which were escorting him. And they started a conversation with him, asking him what he did for the Lord. And he began to give excuses. Then he said they started, the angels started pulling him and pushing him and pulling him. They say, you, you, they say, you are a latter member and you are talking like that. Amen. Are you listening to me? They started jojoing him, pull, pushing him and pulling him, pushing him and pulling him. Is that what? Yes. Pushing and pulling him. And they said, look. He said, if you are from latter, you cannot speak like that. Madam, Sally. You see, a dream is supposed to teach us something. If a latter member has had a dream like that, that he had died and gone to heaven, and this is what is happening to him, do you think... It, don't you think it's a warning for us? This is, this is, our judgment is going to be different from other people's judgments. 
Amen. Are you listening to me, somebody? And so, in talking about soul winning, um, I want to encourage all of us to let your heart be in it. Let your heart be. Don't just be concerned about, um, you know, just being a member, just being a Christian. And of course, there are different levels in which you can support soul winning. Hallelujah. There is the actual activity of making it to your plan that I am going to talk to an unbeliever and bring them to Christ, which every believer is responsible for. Hallelujah. And then there is also giving your financial support to somebody like Bishop that who has dedicated his life full time to do that. It's all different levels. Hallelujah. But I'm going to tell you that it's not enough just to give our money. We must also, in our heart of hearts, make so winning part of our, our lives. Amen. Let's look at this scripture in Romans chapter 1, verse 16. Romans 1 and verse 16. says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You notice that a lot of the people who have been preaching and winning souls at the mass scale are gradually leaving the scene. Do you get it? Because it was Billy Graham and other people like Rahad Bonke. Is that not so? Rahad Bonke is retired or almost retired and he's kind of handed over the ministry to Daniel uh, Kolenda. Is that not so? If you look at the, and then other people who have gone ahead already is what? Ora Roberts. Amen. And then T.L. Osborne. All these great figures who are winning souls at the mass scale are hesitant. So right now, look at the world. Who is having major um, soul winning campaigns? It seems like it is shifting to people like our bishop, our prophet. Are you listening to what I'm trying to say? Yeah. You don't have that at the mass scale on the world scale like we have. So I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. Hallelujah. This ought to be the song of every believer. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Are you ashamed of the gospel of Christ? I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. You need to have strength. You see, when you are selling a product, and you don't believe in the product, you can't convince someone to buy it. Now, the guy who was selling there, what do you call a vacuum cleaner, right? And he went to somebody's house and to, 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 to show the vacuum cleaner. When he got to a point, and finally, the customer was almost convinced. Then he said, okay, can you show me how this thing works? The guy, he had only read the book. He had only read the uh, instructions. You see, you can be a fast-talking person, and be a salesperson, but when it's a practical product like vacuum cleaner, you must have at least tried to use it. <laughs> so the man was, the, the customer was almost ready to buy the things. When he said, uh, show it to me, then he, he lifted the thing, and then he was, look, was looking at the thing and said, actually, I haven't tried it before. <laughs> it's okay, see you tomorrow. Go and learn and come back. Because you see, that's why you and I must first believe in the salvation, what it means to you personally. Because if you value your salvation and it means something to you personally, then when you are speaking to someone about Christ, you speak with a certain confidence because you are a witness. Hallelujah. You are a witness. Somebody, a witness is somebody who has experienced something for real. Hallelujah. If you are not a witness, 
if, if, you are, if somebody did something and then they ask you to go and represent them and you went there, don't ever do that because once there's cross-examination, they will find out that you were not there when the thing happened. You didn't actually witness the thing. Are you listening to me, somebody? So we are going to continue. Um, I am not ashamed of the gospel of God, for it is the power of God. Do we believe the gospel is the power of God? The gospel is the power of God. You see, in the world, they were already crucifying people, killing people, capital punishment was going on. But God decided to end all evil by letting his son taste the evil that is in the world. When God's son tasted the evil of being unjustly, unjustly sentenced, that thing was supposed to curb all the rest of it. Hallelujah. Let's um, look at Jeremiah. So we are on, on, on our message, stay connected and prosper. Hallelujah. Stay connected and prosper. Last week, last week we, read, we, we studied stay connected by following the vision of your father. Is that not so? Yeah, we emphasize the fact that God's heart is after souls. Bishop Dax's heart, this church is after souls. So follow that vision. Let that be your, your vision. Let, let that be your purpose. All right? And then the second point we made was that stay connected by taking on the nature and heart of your father. Take on the nature and heart of your father. Don't have a different heart and a different agenda. That's why we talk about the Budweiser and the Coca-Cola. Is that not so? Your father is into Coca-Cola production, and you want to bring Budweiser technique into a Coca-Cola factory. You have a different heart. Amen. So today, stay connected by seeking the prosperity of your inner man. Stay connected by seeking the prosperity of your inner man. Your inner man is also called your spirit. Let's look at Jeremiah 29 and verse um, 11 down. Your inner man is your spirit. To stay connected and prosper, you must seek the prosperity, not just of the outward man, but your inner man. Hallelujah. Okay. I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. The Lord God didn't call us to, to demote us, to, to disgrace us. Hallelujah. He said, I know the thoughts I think toward you. It's one of the, one of the saddest things. One of the saddest things is that somebody that you like, that you wish good for, I don't know what that has happened to you before, that you, you actually like the person, you wish good things happen to them, and then somebody spoils you, somebody says bad things about you to them, and then now they believe the other story, and they, they say that you dislike them, they say that you hate them. Have you been in that situation before? Whereby you actually wish somebody well, and then somebody has gone to spoil you, your image to them, and they believe the other person. That actually, and sometimes you have a good intent for saying something, but it is interpreted as something else. And you try to explain yourself and say, no, 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 I'm not a child. Don't deceive me. It's very sad. And the more you try to explain, the more they, they disbelieve you. They think that you are, you are a con man. Amen. One day we had somebody come to the house. He was trying to, um, a, a, tech, a, a technician, uh, um, what do you call it, uh, Somebody to fix something. And then, he, and then at some point, he asked the question, look into my face. Do I look like I want, I, I'm a con man? Do I look like somebody I, I'm trying to let you do something? Uh, you know what I was thinking? Maybe. I was, what I was thinking, I, I wanted to ask him, how do I know? What do I know you from? <laughs> Amen. Because, because I don't have any prior experience with you. So if you ask me such a question, that I can look at your face, can I, can I judge it? 
from your face, that based on your face, I can tell whether you want to, you, you want to, uh, how do you call it, swindle me or not. But you see, I just look at his face and I, I said, no, you don't look like you. Do, you do a thing like that. Amen. Because often people who would do a thing like that, it's not written on their face. But you see, with God, we have a, an experience with God. That that same God who did not kill you when you were little, when you were coming out of the birth canal, you couldn't breathe. In case your mother didn't tell you, you, you were having breathing problems. When you were coming out of the you, you nearly died. And then somehow you survived. Amen. And you have grown up, and now you have forgotten about the God who has taken care of you. In fact, there are many instances where you were, you, 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 you were very close to being caught. There's something that you should have been caught. <laughs> yes, you were very, very close, and you were not caught. Hallelujah. You see, one day I went to do laundry, and um, I have a, a key which is used to enter the building. Do you get it? It's like uh, what opens the garage. And I mistakenly left it in the jacket. Do you get it? And so you know the laundry process. First, you do the washing, where there's water and the machine is moving. And then after that, so, so if that process doesn't kill the, the, <laughs> the key, the second process is a heating process, a heating and a drying process. Why you put the thing in for uh, 45 minutes, one hour. So when I remembered, well, first of all, I usually leave it in my car. It wasn't in my car, that thing. So where is it? What could it be? Then I began to think, hmm, maybe it was in my jacket. Where is the jacket? It's in the dryer. So I went for the thing from the... Uh, first of all, I got the jacket out. It wasn't in the jacket. It had fallen out through the process of churning, moving. The thing had fallen out. And so I started throwing things, getting things out, getting things out, and then there it was. Okay, when I looked at it, it had some bumps on it. You know, you know like the normal things, it's like a, like a um, even surface. Do you get it? But now there are some places where a little elevated. <laughs> but I don't know yet until I get to the place. Do you get it? As I'm going, as I'm driving, as I'm driving, I'm getting to the place, I'm thinking, oh, Lord. Because it's a very complicated process to get a new one. Do you get it? When I got there, I took it. You have to take it and swap it on this thing. And then for a moment, nothing happened. I said, oh. Because if it doesn't work, I have to back out. Other cars will be behind you. Do you get it? You cause a major traffic jam. And then you have to back out. You have to go, go and fill a form and all that. I didn't want. So then finally, I saw the thing go up. I said, thank you, Lord. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's, 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 it's an example of how some bad thing could have happened, but you were saved from it. Yeah. Hallelujah. In life, so, life is so many instances like that, that the worst never happened. In fact, our greatest fears never really happened. But we seem to be programmed and expecting something bad to happen. But he said, I know the thoughts I have about you. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. Hallelujah. God is not a trickster. Are you listening to me? But the Bible also says that God is a spirit. John chapter 4 and verse 24. Look at that scripture. God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. We are talking about we must stay connected by seeking the prosperity of our soul. You see, we think that prosperity is only physical prosperity. But you as a human being, if you listen to Bishop Dark's uh, message this morning, the prophetic encounter message, how many listen to it? By the time you wake up like 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, as you, as you are getting ready, it's on. 
you can be in the shower and put it on the, how do you call it, the uh, um, window. The, that's what I did. I put, I put the, the, my phone on the on the on the edge of the window, and the thing is playing. It's free. Why are you not listening to it? Amen. Are you listening to me? Facebook, YouTube, you can catch it live. Bishop, that is preaching live. The prophetic encounter service. That's the advantage we have because of the time difference. When you wake up and you are getting ready, the message is playing. You can join in. You can listen to it. Hallelujah. He was speaking about seven great principles. He was speaking about the spirit. Once again, I adjure you by the name of the Lord. Take my words very seriously. Me, Gilbert, as I'm telling you. Take my words very seriously. Why? Because I notice that often, often, what Bishop is talking about is what I am talking about with, without a discussion. But what I was going to talk about, about the inner man, about the spirit. Hallelujah. That is what he was talking about this morning. Amen. God is going to judge you when you get to heaven. If you don't, if, if he's going to hold you like this. Say so you listen to all this and you did nothing with it. Look at it. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Amen. So you see, stay connected and prosper. We talked a lot about staying connected to God, staying connected to the vision of the church, the vision of Prophet Doug, staying connected to what we are doing here and in this diocese. But we haven't said a lot about the prosperity part. Do you get it? Of course, the Jeremiah 29, 11 is, a, is the prosperity scripture that the, the Lord himself said, I will bring you to an expected end. I will give you a hope and a future. But the God who is saying that, who is he? He's a spirit. So that if you be able to relate with God, you must also be what? Spiritual. But you see, you are not ha- going to have to borrow or buy a spirit. If you have a car and wh- which, where the engine lacks something, do you get it? If you buy a used car, sometimes you, after you buy the car, you may not know. Before you know it, there's something the car lacks, you have to now go and buy. Amen. May, not, may that not happen to you. But you, the human being, as for spirit, you already come with it. It's not that you are now going to find a spirit. You are a spirit already. Amen. So now the tragedy of the hour is that that spirit part of us, we don't, we don't develop it. We don't emphasize it. We think the prosperity is just in the physical. But if you, if you are talking about prosperity, it's the spirit, soul, and body. The whole person is prosperous. Hallelujah. You cannot have, you cannot have your, your, your physical is prosperous and your innermost being is bankrupt. That is not going to work. Because you see, the way God works, that God works from inside out. God works from the engine room. If somebody gives you a car and the car has a brand new engine, but the body it's bad. It's called don't mind the body. But the engine is what? Brand new and it's good. Now, take that one as one instance. And then somebody gives you a car with a brand new body. With uh, the rims of the tires, everything is shiny. But the engine is broke. Actually, the engine is like you need to buy a whole new engine. Which one would you prefer? Don't mind the body. You would prefer the don't mind the body. Amen. You kill the chanchema. So what? So, so the spirit man within you is the engine. Is the engine that drives your whole life. Hallelujah. And what we have been doing is that we have been spending a lot of time polishing the outside of the car, making it look good. Whereas you are not changing the oil in the engine, you are not making all the necessary changes in the engine. 
and the car is looking flashy, but pray about it. If you don't fix it, the actual engine that is driving the car, one day its, its beauty will be useless because the car will stall on the highway. Our life is like that. That our life, the spirit man, which is the real you, he says that those who worship God must worship in spirit and in truth. And if you are speaking about prosperity, your prosperity must start from within. That's why on the journey of prosperity, it actually begins with you turning your life unto the Lord, becoming born again. That's the beginning of it. But your spirit man must now grow. Your spirit man must now feed on the word of God. Your spirit man must become prosperous. You see, prosperity in the physical comes from prosperity in the, in the spiritual. Hallelujah. Now, you may argue. We, we, I don't know that we have time. You see, the people in the world, they are, they are from a different camp. They are from a different camp. If you are a child of God, the journey, the path that God has laid for us is different from the people in the world. Hallelujah. So you cannot look at the people in the world and say, how about the people in the world? They are not even following God and they are prospering. No. You see, don't compare yourself with them. Hallelujah. If you are, a, what do you call it, um, a lion. A lion, every animal has their particular strength. A lion has very powerful bite power. Hallelujah. But it doesn't have the speed of the cheetah. Amen. Every, so the way God has done it in such a way is that every area has its particular emphasis and strength. Now, you, you and I, we are believers. We are following God. So God says, in order for me to prosper you, I will start from the engine room. I will start by giving you a born-again spirit, by renewing your spirit, man. Let's go to 3 John verse 2. We are talking about stay connected by prospering, seeking the prosperity of your inner man. Hallelujah. 3 John and verse 2. He said, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in good health, even as thy soul what? Prospers. So, that verse is linking the prosperity of your soul, right? It's linking the prosperity of your soul. Can somebody look at that scripture in the New Living Translation? As they are looking for it up here in the New King James. Third, third epistle of John and verse 2. That's what we are looking at. Can you open it in the New Living Translation if you can find it? It says that, beloved, I wish, I pray that you may what? Prosper in all things. So it is God's desire for you to what? Prosper in all things and be in health because the prosperity and good health must go together. If you, have, you are prosperous but you are not healthy, you are sick, there's, there's no point. Amen. Or if you are healthy and you are broke, that, that one too is not commodious. Do you, do, you, do you get it? So you, you want to prosper and also be what? In good health. But it says, and just as your soul prospers, so you, so, so, you see, it's not only prosperity in physical, physical things is what we should seek. We must seek prosperity of our soul. Amen. The process of our soul and the New Living Translation, do you have it? Anybody has it? If you have it, read it for us. That verse 2 in New Living Translation. Oh, okay. Dear friend, I am praying that all is well with you and that your body is as healthy as I know your soul is. Hallelujah. Your body is as healthy as you. So, so your soul, your soul's prosper. And some translation, instead of using the word soul, use the word spirit. Because soul and spirit is, is like, it's almost the same, but it's not the same. But the two are so intertwined. Hallelujah. It's only by the word of God that you can divide the two. But the point is that the soul and the spirit is also called the hidden man. It's the inner man. 
And because it's hidden and you don't see it, often it is neglected. Amen. In order for you to prosper physically, you see, God is seeking the prosperity of your soul first. The word is in your soul. If your soul can be dissected, what are we going to find? Are we going to find roaches? Are we going to find mice? Are we going to find the angel of the Lord, the spirit of God dwelling in your soul? Hallelujah. The prosperity of your soul means that you are finding time for your inner self. Amen. And what you, the way God does is that he works from the engine room within and then it comes out. Don't just seek physical things. You must, it, your prosperity of your soul must be important to you. Amen. And how do you prosper your soul? By hearing the word of God. By paying attention to the word of God. By, by changing the way you think and the way you conduct your life by the word of God. By making your life adjusted. Change, make changes. Make practical changes. As, as a Christian, every day you must ask yourself, what must I change? What is the new thing I must change? Not based on anything, but based on the word of God. Hallelujah. It says that even as your soul prospers, as your soul prospers, it begins to translate in physical prosperity. Even when it comes to your demeanor, you are going for an interview, but you are so distraught. You are so, you are so how do you call it, um, sad. You know, you, you are overwhelmed with sadness and bad emotions. When you go for an interview, how many know it is going to show on your face? As they are interviewing you, and this job is a job, they are looking for somebody like a go-getter, somebody with a positive mindset. But then, even the way you sit, you know your body language sometimes reveals what, what is going on within you. Amen. There's a, way, there's a way you sit that here is a confident person that we can hand over a segment of the organization in your charge. But you sit and you go like this. Why are you sitting in that position? Because what that is what is going on within your soul. Hallelujah. There are some, sometimes you may put on an appearance, but it still shows. So you see, the prosperity of your soul, what is going on within you, which is hidden, you see, is very important. A lot of people don't pay attention to it. We can spend hours making sure that our physical appearance is good. Because that's what people see. Amen. But you see, one of the things we do in church is that to show you that you are not all physical. As a matter of fact, when somebody breathes their last, the, the, the spirit that has been trapped in this body all these years finally is free. And that's what we try to emphasize, that pay attention to what your soul needs. Amen. Are you listening to me, somebody? Let's look at this scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 15. The prosperity of your soul is very important. The way you look at life, the way your attitude is, it would affect your body language. It would affect the way you conduct your life. It will affect the way you speak. Sometimes people say things without planning to say them because that is what they've been meditating on all along. And in a moment where nobody is looking, in a moment where nobody is expecting you to say something, something can, can, can come off of your mouth. That you didn't plan to. Second Corinthians 4 and verse 13. It says, And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believe and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. Are you there? Knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. 
For all things are for your sake. This is first, second Corinthians 4 and 15. All things are for your sake. When it says all things, it means all things. All things that God allows, they are for your sake. That grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Now watch this. Verse 16. Therefore, do not lose heart. Amen. Even though our outward man is perishing. You see, as you are talking about prosperity, the nagging thought that comes to many believers' minds is that why is God making all these demands of me? Unbelievers are prospering. Amen. Like a friend of me, a friend of uh, uh, my, his brother was living in New York, and the brother did not think that he was bringing money home as he should. He wrote a letter. He said, people in New York are making it. Why are you, why are you, you are in New York of US of A, and you keep on making excuses. You don't support things at home as you should. People in, in New York are making it. Amen. So that is how many believers are thinking, that people, unbelievers are making it, and I am not making it. Are you there? But look at what the scripture is saying. It says, don't lose heart. Hallelujah. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. It's talking about you are not all this. This is not all that is you. It will be a mistake for you to look at your life only in terms of the physical things that you see. Your life is, you are a lot more than this. Hallelujah. There is your inward man. There is your soul. There is your spirit man within you. Sometimes you may be going through difficulties, but your spirit man and your soul is prospering. And it's only a matter of time that the prosperity of your soul is going to now translate into physical prosperity. God is doing things in a certain order. Hallelujah. Look at this. Well, verse, verse, verse number 17. For our light affliction, which is but for what? A moment. is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Look at verse 18. Well, we do not look at the things which are seen. It says we don't focus on the things which are what? Seen. Don't be fooled. Don't be fooled by the things that are seen. Hallelujah. In fact, even in the physical, sometimes the things that you see on people is all a camouflage. If you get a bit closer, you see that it's not all that. What you are seeing is a trick. Is a tr people are very good actors and actresses. They know how to cover things up. Amen. If something bad happens, you know, uh, I mean, before you know it, the person will not even have furniture. Because there's a place called rent a center. Rent a center. Where you can rent furniture. Amen. So don't be so moved by flashy physical things. He said the things which are seen. We do not look at things which are what? Seen. But the things which are not seen. The things which are not seen. The fact that you don't see something doesn't mean it's not important. He's talking about the prosperity of your soul, your inner man. How much time are you giving to your inner man? Your spirit man. Its prosperity is actually what drives, ultimately drives your prosperity of your physical being. Hallelujah. The things which are what? Not seen. But for the things which are seen are temporary. The things which are seen are what? Temporary. But the things which are not seen are eternal. Set your mind on eternal things. When your heart and your soul bends to eternal things, God is not afraid to prosper you physically. Because your heart 
already is owned by God. And any physical things, you enjoy and you go. It's not like they can own you. Hallelujah. God is after your eternal promotion, my friends. God is after your eternal position. He's after your eternal blessings. And I want you to believe it. Like the technician asked me in the house, look at my face. Do I look like I will swindle you with this word? Amen. And if you don't believe it, at least that, that guy had met me the first time. You have known me for 14 years. Do I look like I'm going to swindle you with something? <laughs> Are you with me, somebody? When we, when we took an offering to try and divide this place and build this one, did we not spend it? Did we chop the money? We spent it. By the way, get ready because we are thinking of another project. Yeah. Don't spend all your uh, tax refund money yeah. on more shoes. You see, the reality is that the shoes that you keep buying, hmm? hey. listen, my friend, we don't even notice it. What you wore last week and what you wore two weeks ago and you keep changing it, we don't even notice it. Brother Eugene, we don't even notice it. So you, so, yeah, you can please yourself by reserve some of it to, to contribute to, towards the work. Because, you see, at the end of the day, all this is, when we die, you, you, you won't go with it. You will leave it behind. Set your mind on eternal things. Hallelujah. Eternal, look, look at Billy Graham. Even secular, secular media is reporting his death. Hallelujah. And look at what is happening in Hollywood. The people that were puffed up with all the flashy and all the things. When I was studying in Texas, one day, a friend of mine, uh, he was going out, and I didn't have a, a color TV. He said, come to my room. He was living upstairs. He said, come and watch my TV. He gave me his keys. Do you get it? <laughs> and that night, that night, they were doing the Academy Awards. And, and uh, a lot of things were going on TV. So, so, and when he came back, he said, so the, how did you see the Academy Awards? Because I was new in this country. Do you get it? And, and he has been here for, I think, I think, a year or so. He said, did you see the beauty of it? You know, he's trying to, <laughs> he's trying to <laughs> impress me that the thing this place has to offer. He said, look at it. Sika, sika. It's like money. Money is talking. Money is talking. <laughs> but all the money and the flashy things, now it is coming out. Some of the big names, the secret life they have been leading. Are you not seeing there are a lot of potholes in what looks flashy? Yeah. Look at this scripture and then let's close. Because we are going to also listen to the, um, the message at 2. Look at uh, Proverbs 1 and 32. Don't, be, don't lose heart at the prosperity of the wicked. Amen. Just take your time. Invest your life in God. The Bible says, mark the righteous. Sometimes it looks like the righteous people... People who are following God, it looks like you are losing. But I can guarantee you, the Bible said, be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Hallelujah. God is not going to let his own be thrown. He said, that shall not leave the Holy One to see corruption. God will not let you see corruption. If your heart is after God, and you want to serve God, and you are doing your best to please God, and you are doing your best to honor his word, and you are making the heart of your prosperity, your soul prosperous in changing, making changes. I can guarantee you, look at your life over a period. Your life will not be what? A castaway. You will not be disgraced. You'll be delivered from disgrace in the name of Jesus. He said, for the turning away of the simple will slay them. You see, in the book of Proverbs, the word simple often means the foolish. The turning away of the simple or the foolish will slay them. And the complacency of fools will destroy them. 
And who is the, the complacency of food? Look at this same scripture in the King James. Turn it to the King James. The, what it says, complacency, the King James says the prosperity. Hallelujah. Look at this same verse in the King James. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them. That the simple means the people who don't pay attention to God's word. When they turn away, it says it will do what? It will slay them. And the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. The prosperity of so in other words, don't be jealous of the unbelievers who are prosperous. Because unbelievers are people who do not believe in God. Is that not so? And and in Psalm 14, verse 1, and in Psalm 23, verse 1, what does it say? It said, The fool had said in their heart that there is no God. It's not that they are going to say they have already said, they have they have concluded that I don't want to live my life in honor of God. And they are prospering. He said, Don't be jealous of them because their prosperity will destroy them. By the grace of God, next week we shall read about something about the wicked that are prosperous. But set your gaze on God. Set your gaze on that which is what? Unseen. Because that which is seen is what? Temporal. That which is unseen is eternal. Put your hands together unto the Lord. Let's rise up. Commit yourself to the Lord. Ask God to help you. Thank you, Jesus. If you are here, you are not born again. You've not committed your life to Christ. You've not started that initial journey of committing your heart to Christ. I want you to lift up your hand. Thank you, Jesus. You are a believer, but you've walked away from the Lord. You want to reconcile to God. God is inviting you to make peace with him. The Bible said he made peace by the blood of his son, by which we are translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. God wants to translate you from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his dear son, whereby you change citizenship. When you come into Christ, your nationality has changed. And God wants to give you this great For honor to confer on you the citizenship be, of heaven. To, is a if you are that person, lift up your Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We appreciate your unspeakable gift. We appreciate your unspeakable gift, the gift of the grace of God. I want you to pray with me. Thank you, my God, for your mercy, for your grace. I believe Jesus died for me, that he was crucified, and he was buried for my sins to be forgiven, that he was raised from the dead to make me righteous before God. Now give me your grace to be a witness that Jesus is alive. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You may take your seats. We are going to take our first and best. If you brought your first and best, stand up to your feet. Lift up your hand for an envelope for a second offer.